Hello, and welcome to A Call for Love. I believe the most powerful gift you can offer yourself is to give and receive love more freely. I'm your host, Linda Orsini, meditation guide and spiritual coach. Everyone has the desire to be seen, heard, respected, and loved. The journey to becoming more connected to your greater purpose lies within the ability to live from the deep source of love within you. Let's begin. Welcome friends. Welcome back to A Call for Love. And if you landed here for the first time, what a perfect episode to listen into. Because this is part one of a two-part series. And I had such an enlightening conversation with Antonia. She is the author of Dismantling the Third Dimension. Together, we explore the nature of suffering and how we can transform and transcend it. We actually talked about navigating and shifting through emotions. Emotions like shame, rage, guilt, grief, and they are all rooted in fear. The fear of being rejected or abandoned. Both Antonia and I share the belief that our purpose is to learn how to transmute pain into love. So in this episode, you will gain insights into the processes of transforming and healing, specifically in the context of releasing fear, pain, and low-frequency emotions. We discuss the journey from a fear-based, confined 3D reality towards higher dimensions of awareness and unity. And if you're not quite sure what a 3D reality means, then listen up because you will definitely have a better understanding throughout the conversation. Lastly, we explore the utilization of earth medicine and holistic approaches as a means for promoting our own well-being. This was such a powerful conversation. I know it will touch you deeply. Next episode, part two, we will continue the conversation with a strong focus on personal growth through self-awareness from victimhood to empowerment. It is a powerful conversation, really diving deep into the nature of pain and ego. And you guessed it, the illusions, the illusions we create in our mind. So stay tuned. There's so much coming. Welcome everybody to A Call for Love and allow me to introduce Antonia. She is a registered psychotherapist, Ayurvedic counselor, yoga and meditation teacher. In 2006, she experienced a spontaneous awakening that set off a remarkable journey of expansion. During this transformative process, she released a tremendous amount of energy and transcended deep-seated pain. As the discomfort faded away, it brought forth a profound sense of connection to her inner self and the world around her. Through this journey, Antonia came to realize that we are all created beings with the power to turn our suffering into love. And she is here today not only to talk to us about her journey, but even more importantly about her book, Dismantling the Third Dimension which I have purchased and I am finding so affirmative to what I believe and so inspirational. So I'm really happy to have you here. It is such a blessing. Oh, Linda, what a welcome. Thanks so much. Got shivers. (laughs) Oh, isn't that great? I love those. While we begin, I I just found everything I highlighted so much in the book. I really found it spoke to me. 
And I'd like to begin with just asking you, what is Tribe to Collective? What does that mean? It's a concept that came quite a few years ago. And for me, it kind of represents a journey that many, most, maybe all, I don't know, that we, I think we're moving towards. The tribe representing that state of separation, fear-based organization of humans. And we're releasing the fear. And when we release fear, we discover that actually we're all connected and join that collective where it is all one. Yeah, I think that's so powerful. Fear, you know, is, I know in a call for love, I say there's two basic emotions, love and fear. And when I mean fear, which you said also in the book, you said fear, anger, and what was the other one you used? Fear, rage, and shame are kind of the, I used to represent about nine different low frequency feelings that we carry around historically. Exactly. So I always categorize those low frequency vibrations or emotions as fear, but I think how you kind of separated them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think they all come out of fear. Yes. I see it and felt it. And it was revealed to me that shame and rage and grief and disgust and jealousy, all of that are actually just different low frequency expressions of fear. Exactly. I always say for me, for my life, fear, stress, and anxiety, because those have been the, the biggest for me. But I know rage and shame and anger and all those are so prevalent. Big, big, big delusions that we carry around. Yeah, for thousands of years. Mm -hmm. I love that word delusions. Yes, it is. You say that you can turn pain into love, which I find fascinating because that's the whole message of a call for love. What do you feel the relationship is between love and consciousness? I think they're the same thing. I think that us romantic humans feel the energy of consciousness, that universal energy of connection, unity consciousness. We feel it as love. That's how our nervous systems receive it. It feels safe. It feels juicy. It feels expansive. It feels all consuming. We just want to get in and hug everybody. Everything feels great. Everything feels possible. It feels big. I think we feel consciousness as love in our nervous systems. Yeah, beautiful. I've been reading Tanjali again, and he says that there's selfless and selfish. Those are yeah. the two main themes. And he was saying that in selfish, it's what is in it for me. And selfless is a form and extension of love. So what you're saying is when we extend that love, right, everything about our vibration races? Everything. Yeah, absolutely. I think that, uh, I mean, I think consciousness itself, and everything is consciousness, but the way I see it is that there's sort of consciousness that's kind of squished and dense and stuck. And that's where here in this 3D reality, we're experiencing the discomforts of separation in the experiences, the feelings of fear and shame and rage and grief. That's when Consciousness can't quite get in there. It doesn't flow and it feels very separate and individual. When it starts to flow and it starts to reach higher vibrations, that's when we start to feel things like compassion and connection and love. And that's when we feel that energy of connectivity, the collective starts to kick in. Yes, I, I love that. And, you know, I just as you're speaking, I don't think our viewers may really understand or know what the title of your book means, dismantling the third dimension. Like some people I know that 
there's some people that say we're heading towards the fifth dimension. Yep. But I'm not sure our listeners really know what third dimension is. Yeah, well, so my understanding of, and and while I do believe there is a physics behind most things that I speak of, the third dimension was uh, just a label of un- of understanding the limited uh, reality that we are currently in. And that the third dimension is constructed of pain. Pain is the limiting experience. Pain, suffering, fear, shame, and rage is the limiting experience of this 3D reality. Many other people can speak of fourth and fifth dimensions. It's not what I've had access to, information and wisdom on that. But I do see that the 3D, the label that I give it, and I'm hearing more as I've come out of the hole, like I've been sort of hiding for the last 16 years. And as I've emerged, a lot of people are referring to this reality as the 3D. We are coming out of the 3D. Penny Pierce is one of those. She's an author that refers to the the us expanding out of 3D into higher dimensions. So the 3D is a pain reality, which is this very dense, squished, con- contracted state of existence that I believe we're in. And most of us don't even recognize that we're in. How long do you think we've been in 3D? <laughs> Thousands of years. And there are, yeah, and I think there are other people that have uh, greater access to the waves of frequencies that we have been existing in in this planet. But I think that, uh, you know, the uh, Kali Yuga, according to the Vedic scriptures, have been saying it's been 28,000 years, for example, that we've been going into a really dense, dark period, and now we're coming out of it. Let's say thousands of years we've been in this delusions of dense fear, shame, and rage. Yeah, I feel as though honest that the 3D is almost that we're just too connected to the physical reality and not the vibrational reality. What do you feel about that? Yeah, I think it's the same thing because I think it's the density and contracted states of fear that actually construct this physical reality more or less. It is so heavy. It is so sticky that it's really difficult to shift our way out of it. And we highly identify in this very sticky, heavy place with our physical beings and the safety of our physical beings, which I think is very, very tiny, a very tiny part of who we really are. Our non-physical beings, our metaphysical beings are actually much, much larger than we think we are in this physical reality. Yeah, it's it's so true. I really feel that and I see it and I feel like this this rising coming about you know, not for everyone, but I certainly in my circle, I feel that. And for you reading your book, you've had a journey. What what was your journey? Well, I came out of a very, before 2006, I was in a very academic space. I would collect degree after degree, trying to find that place of acceptance and worthiness, which I didn't understand I was actually seeking. I was trying to find that professional success. I was also very politically active um, and committed working in international development and health promotion. And then in 2006, the, the roof just blew wide open and I didn't understand what was happening. It was actually quite terrifying. And over the years, I came to understand that spontaneously, just a lot of energy started activating and cleaning house. It just started clearing out suffering, started clearing out pain. And it was a, and continues to be a very uncomfortable process of clearing out so much pain, but it was layer after layer after layer, almost on a daily basis. 
And then that process then continued on to my clients as in that time, very quickly, by 2009, I'd shifted over to working as a psychotherapist. Instead of working with groups in the world, I was now working one-on-one. And in that one-on-one, I started to understand that I was working at a very energetic level, not just with myself, but with whoever I was coming in contact with and just releasing the 3D stories, layers after layer. And I don't even think it was just, I don't believe it's just this lifetime of stories. I think that our bodies are imprinted with, encoded with low frequency imprints of fear, fear, shame, and rage that we have encoded in these 3D bodies that now at this time, we have a greater opportunity than I've ever understood uh, to have had to start to shift those low frequencies into high frequencies and to free ourselves from what I think is a real fear-based reality. Yeah, it's it's so fascinating. I can hear exactly what you're saying. And I know for myself that I have to say I've had a very privileged life. You know, mm-hmm. I want for nothing. I, I have excellent relations. But I have this 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 mission to share overcoming pain mm-hmm. and you know fear, which is so interesting because I, it's not really who I am. But I am through my work. I feel that it could be ancestral, it could be past lifetimes. Mm-hmm. I don't even know where it's coming from, but I just feel this strong mission mm-hmm. to share that when we can be with pain, when we can befriend and be with ourselves, like Pima Shodun says, then we can allow all these things to surface, which you're right, is so dreadfully uncomfortable, painful, and the human condition is to push it away. So to be with that takes so much courage. And that's why even my meditation on this podcast, I I include bonus. I just feel like to transform ourselves is to be with ourselves. Correct. And be with ourselves in ways, as you say, I think are very uncomfortable, which is why we need to see and bring into awareness the ways that we reject each other. We need to hold each other. We need to learn um, non-judgment. We need to learn acceptance more deep in that so that that pain can move more freely. It can be you know, without us getting in the way, it can just move through. And so these conversations, I think, are very important to begin to go, that's pain. That's something we we hold, we give space for, we honor even, because it's taught us a lot as we leave lots of room for it now to move through. I love in your book, you said, the challenge is to soften into the space of pain, hold space for the pain, sit with the discomfort. And this is the part I really love. Cozy up and have a cuddle. (laughs) Yeah, I think exactly that. And that's the whole, one of the big messages. We have to change our relationship with pain. Not the, oh, I don't want it to be there, which is a deep, deep reflex that we've had for thousands of years. And we needed it until now, especially if we're in privileged places. What a wonderful place to lead to be able to go, then I have lots of space to clean house. So I can sit here, bring the supports I need in or provide support as we allow this pain to move through because I know it's safe, because I know I'm okay. So I can go right in there and get real sweet with this discomfort, get real kind, really accepting, really loving, So which of course allows it to transform and release. Yeah, but 
you know, this is what I say during meditation class. You're in a safe place. So let's practice the skills now, holding space for our thoughts. Because if you're in a crisis, uh, that's almost, unless you are training yourself in, in safe places, almost impossible to do. Clearly. Oh, it still is. Yeah, even when I'm in very, very hypervigilant states, I try and get as quiet as possible, surrender as much as possible, keep my eye on the pain. It's not going to move through in that moment because survival mode is kicked in. And that's the big, giant, contracted state is survival mode. The fear has got a grip. Ego's got a grip. So the job when you're in that is to go, okay, but I see you. Even though the grip's really hard, I see you. I'm going to keep seeing you. I'm going to keep knowing that this actually doesn't have to stay, that might not even be real. So that I bring even little bits of consciousness in, just little drabs of consciousness. And then when we get through the crisis, we're, we've kind of brought in enough energy that the, the transformation is more available. We can shift more easily because we've stayed in the place of the observer, a little bit of detachment brought in the energy. So it makes healing from that crisis, I think, a little bit more easy. Yeah, it's like those baby steps. And as I was a school teacher for over 30 years, and there was this story, you might remember it, spare going through the woods. You can't go over it. You can't go under it. You can't go around it. You gotta go through it. Right. And it's muddy and yeah. it's scary. Yeah. And right. One little step at a time. It's like, oh, I always think it's like opening the blind. You just let a little light in. Be with it, survive it, and then open it a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more as much as you can handle in each moment. It's beautiful. And I think that we're getting more and more tools to handle more and more truth and light than ever. Beautiful. What tools do you have that you could share? Well, I think we're more capable of recognizing the importance of silence. So meditation is fundamental. I think that um, more and more people are coming equipped with working with subtle energy. So before, if you had a chiropractor, they may not have been able to work with the subtle energy body. But now I don't go to a massage therapist or an osteopath who hasn't worked with the subtle energy body. We are infusing light and love more and more in, into our subtle beings, not just working with the gross being. So I think those are collective tools that are increasing. We're working more and more with the subtle parts of ourselves. And what I've been working with uh, since 2017, I think plant medicine, although there are some challenges, has a lot to offer in releasing those fear stories out of the body. It kind of says, okay, you mind, go for a break over there so that we can release your healing potential because we know this is too big for you. We know this is too much for you. So we're going to help you along to get some of those stories out of your being. So I think plant medicine has a, has a, a big role to play. And I think um, the earth has a, a beautiful offering that's sort of unflowering right now and probably will continue to go for quite a few decades. Yes, I do believe that the earth is such a gift, although we are using it, but it has so much to offer us and, yeah. and healing. It it can heal us in so many ways. And I know this is a big interest for you now. Absolutely. I mean, it came, I, I had an enormous integration once and I remember just standing out there and it was very clear looking at my garden that you're here for me. Like you're here to help me get through this. There's so much wisdom and intelligence flowing through this beautiful planet that it's kind of here going, you can do this. Here's a little thing here. This might help you a little bit. 
here's some wisdom and intelligence over here. Maybe you can chew on this and breathe in that and stare at this. Like she is there to help guide us and bring intelligence and love and patience and and trust into our beings as we are now climbing out of what I think is a very dark hole. Interesting because, um, you know, I'm suffering a little bit from high cholesterol. So I went to Sri Lanka, just speaking of plant medicine, and I saw a shakaman there. And he says to me, you have high cholesterol. Mm-hmm. He says to me, your blood is thick. It's not your fault. It's hereditary. And he said, I should eat a small clove of fresh garlic. He said from India, I don't know where I'd get it in Canada, but basically a very as organic as I can get clove of garlic each dinner, just mix it in, you know, with whatever I'm eating, you know, lentils. Raw. Yeah, raw. 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 So it should be raw. And then he said, I'd be fine. And then, of course, you know, now um, a lot of my family members are taking heart medicine, like no cholesterol medicine, I should say. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like, wow, here's one source that said, you know, take plant, using the plant as medicine. And then, of course, the intervention of which we sometimes and sometimes really need to honor and need. But I'm really thinking, wow, he was so definite that if I took this garlic, Mm -hmm. I'd be fine. And Mm -hmm. here the Western medicine practitioner Mm -hmm. is saying, you know, if I take the pill, I will be fine. Mm -hmm. Just very interesting. Mm -hmm. I think that we are extremely out of balance in most places of the planet right now. And I see that allopathic medicine, Western medicine is necessary to manage those really uh, gross, not as disgusting, gross is very physical, those really gross manifestations of our imbalance. That's why we've had this sort of big intrusions from allopathy. The more we're in balance, then when we go out of balance, we can use the more subtle medicines, which are the earth medicines that can come in and then that can right our balance. So I think they're necessary. One is a reflection of how, I mean, they're both a reflection of where we are in balance or out of balance. No, I, I think plant me- medicine can complement. Is this what you're trying to say? Yeah, I can. I mean, it, yeah, I mean, I think that they can work together. If you've got a broken leg, that's a big imbalance. That's something that needs some big medicine. But if, you know, if your imbalance is not that kind of extraordinary pain, then, um, then yeah, I think that this more subtle earth medicines are a way to go. And the meditations are a way to go. And exercises, different types of exercises and breath work. Those are more subtle medicines that can bring you back into, ba- imba- bring you back into balance. But if the imbalance is big because we're so far out of balance, then we need those allopathic medicines to do the big extra oof. And not, al- not always wisely and there's always flaws and they're not perfect but i think that that's why they're there and why we've needed them no definitely there are times that i would i need and and so grateful for our medical system here in canada even yep. for all its flaws i mean it has been so powerful and such a real i'm really grateful for it yeah absolutely but as with everything it's got its own wounds that we need to transcend as well mm-hmm. Thank you for joining in part one. Next week, episode 31, we will dive deeper into this conversation. And here's a little snippet, a little teaser to get you excited. And I want to own then all pain, whether this 3D mind understands it or not, 
Some part of me does. And I want to release myself from any part of me that thinks that I can't overcome something, that there's something here I can't learn from, that there's something here that I'm not meant to own completely in order to mine all of its wisdoms. And I can't mine all of its wisdoms unless I go, yes, that pain is all mine. Thank you for listening. It would mean so much to me if you could share this episode with someone you feel could benefit from its message and subscribe to a Call for Love podcast to receive new weekly episodes every Tuesday. Head over to globalwellnesseducation.com to learn more.